Hello and welcome to Manga Splain, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by me, Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. And now you might tell yourself, maybe I shouldn't have said manga splaining because actually today's episode is manga splaining. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> true, he really didn't. <laughs> Got to keep it spicy. <laughs> and All that's right. why we are venturing into the land of Korean comics, aka webtoons, with The Boxer, Volume 1 by J.H. This is an interesting little one because it's, well, J.H. stands for Ji Hyung Jung. And I don't know much else about him because the Google skills I've acquired over the years to look up Japanese manga information completely fails me with Korean stuff. So we're just going to have to wing it. But I brought it to the team because it was something I read on Webtoon. And something that I got introduced to because Yen Press, new imprint, Ize Press, selected this as one of their first print releases. So I was intrigued. I read it. And the next thing I knew, I spent way too much money reading it on Webtoon. It was really compelling. And, you know, I have way too much disposable time and income. And the next thing I knew, I read like 80, 90 chapters. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Whoa. So explain, explain how Webtoons works. Ah, like okay. in terms of payment stuff. Oh, well, that's the that's the tricky thing, right? Because it varies by different companies. Okay. In the terms of like the the webtoon with a capital W site, which is what the boxer is is serialized on, you can read a good many chapters for free, and then it gets to the point where it says you have to use a daily ticket, one free ticket per day, so you can read one chapter per day. But if you really want to keep reading, then you got to pay three coins. I don't know what three coins equals to an actual real money. Mm. I know you can buy like a like hundred coins for 120 coins for like 10 bucks. So okay. think of it that way. So I haven't done the math because I'm really bad at math. In fact, I should do my taxes. And that's another thing altogether. But <laughs> you know, one of these days, I wanted to figure out how much money did I actually spend on this? Because it's this kind of script funny money. Yeah, but anyway, it's a longish series, <laughs> but it goes through several arcs. But I found it really compelling and interesting, particularly since all of us kind of share this love or fascination with like Hachime no Ippo or Ashita no Joe. And this, I don't know. I mean, I was really intrigued by this story. One because I thought the art was very elegant and interesting, was very minimalist, but but strong. And and the story starts on a certain trajectory, and then. It kind of does something else that you don't expect. And Chip was correct. When I sold the book, I spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize because like the, when you read Webtoons, right, it's just chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. And then when you read it in a book, this is only nine chapters. Yeah. 80, 80 something, 100 something that you'll eventually go through with this story. And so how this ends, it, it ends at a point before the thing I was describing to Chip. So I'm sorry. I mean, luckily for, for you, my memory is so bad. I've completely forgotten what the spoiler was. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it works out really well. <laughs> my terrible memory has come to the rescue again. Well, that's excellent. 
before I get any further, I should explain what the book is about. And the usual way we do that is I read the copy on the back of the book. It says, He doesn't have the same hunger for superiority that drives every human being. The enigmatic you lives his life without joy or purpose. All aspects of the young man are a mystery to those around him, save for his superhuman athletic abilities. You has rhythm, grace, and power on the level of a top pound-for-pound fighters, and his potential is too much for the legendary Coach K to ignore. Taking the young prodigy under his wing, the two shock the world of boxing, fight by fight, as Coach K attempts to make you the greatest of all time. But what exactly compels you to keep entering the ring? That's not exactly what happens in this first volume. (laughs) It starts off with another character. Ryu is kind of like, ah, let's see. You, the the main character, is just kind of simmering in the background until it comes to a boil at the end. But anyway, I guess I kind of wanted to pass this around. This is our first venture into something very different. Let's see. How about David? What did you think of this one? So I kept thinking about Chip getting mad at you for spoiling the the comic (laughs) when you recommended it and trying to figure out like when the spoiler was going to happen, which was kind of funny. There are a few characters who could have been the spoiler character uh, that we're hmm. talking about, I think. But it was okay, I think. The There's a thing with sports manga where if it stars a prodigy, it's usually not my bag. Someone who's like naturally gifted at the sport or is just like magically good, you know? Like there's less of the like effort and intensity and like progress that I like to see and things like this. But I get the feeling from what you're saying, it sounds like the series really goes places. So there's probably more of like the training and the gym environment that I like to see in stories like this. But it was interesting. I hadn't, I haven't read many Korean comics. I don't think outside of just random, you know, webtoons when friends send them over, but nothing in depth, nothing, definitely no graphic novels. I don't think. So like looking at the art and everything being full color, it was like such a, such a change from what we usually read for the podcast. But there were some cute characters, some interesting, like, coloring in different scenes. Things like this, I thought, were kind of moody. Mm. But I think I would mark it down as not quite my bag. Mm. Like, Tell me the why. The prodigy thing. I know, I think, like, doing sports, watching sports, a lot of it is, like, seeing people strive to do their best or to make their, to fulfill their dream. Let's say, let's put it in, in comics terms. And a big part of that for me is seeing them being like, okay, what do I need to learn next? Or where, where are the gaps in my knowledge? What are the rules of the sport? Even like, A lot of good sports manga are like at least a little bit explainer manga. Cause it's like, how do, how do you do this fundamental thing? How do you do this thing you may be good at or suited for, you know, that kind of thing. And this series doesn't have a lot of that in the first volume. It does start in a gym and there's, you know, a coach who can, see the potential of one of the characters. And that's kind of cool. I like where that was headed, especially I'll throw a punch and see what happens approach Mm -hmm. to boxing. It's a lot of fun, but I think it's missing the effortful part right now. Do you think that comes later in the series? Oh, it definitely does. And things like that. Yeah. It definitely does come later in both the, the NJ character, which is the boy with the green eyes. Mm hmm. And with you, because what's not in this volume is when what it was described on the back of the cover, which is mm-hmm. Coach Tate takes you in and starts training him, but it's very different than what he expects. It's really interesting that's why, because he's like 
Kay is basically saying, I've trained tons of really gifted boxers, mm-hmm. but I can't understand this boy's motivation mm. because he's so dead-eyed <laughs> and seems so emotionless. Mm-hmm. So, and that both ex- excites him and scares him. Cool. It's fascinating. It, it gets more into his backstory. And as you know, when you go through the story, he meets a series of very interesting opponents who mm-hmm. you kind of root for or you kind of want to know more about. And some are very scary and some are super ridiculous and funny, like one character who just loves mohawks. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like He's it. really into his mohawk. <laughs> And yeah. he makes everyone around him on his team get a mohawk because he's convinced mohawks make you strong. Hmm. There is a bit in Bleach, <laughs> like I think after Volume 55, where two characters on the good and bad guy side bond over their mohawk. <laughs> like they're fighting and like bickering. And one guy's like, I thought you'd be a cool guy because you had a cool mohawk. And the guy's like, You think my mohawk's cool? Yeah, I think that kind of like having good foes is crucial for sports comics, especially because you want people who are both monsters, but then also people who are like the main characters of their own comic in a way, like not mm-hmm. not necessarily bad guys, but opponents. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see a little bit more of that here because the bully character is just like fully reprehensible at this point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should say one last thing about the boxer before we get someone else's take is I just watched Creed 3 last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Southpaw a couple of week, weeks before that, and then some other boxing movie that I'm spacing on right now. Like, I have, mm-hmm. I have a lot of boxing on the brain, which is probably like tilting the scales a little bit. Yeah. Mm. It's, kind of, it's kind of funny. Like, that this is called the boxer because it's not about boxing at all. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> well, I mean, just kind of playing off with what David was saying. Well, like, there's no real training or rules or no element of explainer to this. And and he's right. This has nothing to do with boxing. It's just like it's supernatural creatures blasting each other with their powers. Like, <laughs> there's no relation to anything real or the sport at all. At least in this first volume. But so, what did well. you think about it? Yeah. All right. So when I started on episode one, I was actively angry at Deb because the opening was so poorly drawn and so awkward. And I was just like, oh, this, I can't, how am I going to read the whole thing? And then the art got better. The action scenes got better. And I, I should also state that I did not read the print version because I couldn't get a digital copy of the print version because this is a web webtoons comic so i just i just read it on webtoons so for me it was all vertical scrolling and by the end like you get the first seven chapters free on here mm-hmm. by the end i was just like i need to know what happens next this is great but but you know, unlike david i wasn't hung up on the you know the lack of you know awesome. working to better yourself up because i, I immediately divorced this from actual sport, like, like right away, especially with the coach who's just like, ah, I'll throw a punch. That's the way to find out if this guy's any good. Like, I'm like, okay, this is not, this has no basis in any reality. But yeah, as I went on, like the, the fight scenes and the use of the vertical scroll, especially were really elegant and beautiful. And just some, some fantastic, fantastic visual bits in this. Like I was, I was really kind of pulled along and, 
And I, and I, I genuinely wanted to see what happened next. Like it felt like that, that guy was unstoppable. And like, I know they're going to stop him because that's how these go. But like, I was, it was, you know, a little bit edge of my seat. Like, like how is this other guy going to step up? How's that nerd going to handle this? Like what, like this guy's a murderer. He's a demonic murderer. And so, yeah, I ended up using my tokens <laughs> to read episode eight. <laughs> then I had to wait another day to like, <laughs> to read the one after and get more tokens. I felt like a child. I felt like a child waiting for twenty four hours so I could I could do it again. Like get your next allowance. Yeah, yeah. Because my parents wouldn't give me the the coins. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I ended up like really, really liking it, and and I don't. But I, but the weird the weird thing is because you showed us some comparisons with the print, and like I don't think I could read this in print. I don't think it's anywhere near as good based on the pages I saw as, as the experience of reading it on a vertical scroll. That's been what has been really fascinating for me with webtoons is the whole, the pacing of the panels as you scroll. Like, you know, sometimes there'll be black in a space and it's a pause and then something revealed and then how it segues into the next panel based on, you know, this screen size scroll. It it seems kind of musical almost. It's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, if you've been creating comics all your life, thinking the panels are going to go across and down, and all of a yeah. sudden the storytelling all just goes down, it's kind of, it's kind of revelatory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there was a, if there was a good way to convert stuff like this to print, if someone could figure out the secret to it, <laughs> they'd be rich. It's tricky, I'll say. Like I posted a couple examples of the print page versus the the uh, scrolling page, and it's really fascinating. We can include those in the show notes as well, so everyone has an idea of what's going mm. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yana's going to send me a PDF because I'm sorry, Chip. I I didn't realize there was an ebook version. I, really I yeah, it makes sense. Like I I should have thought that one through. Yeah, like why would there be an ebook of the thing that's natively digital? Chip, I'm curious. Did you read the Batman family story that was a web too? No, I mean it's been recommended to me by a bunch of people. But now that I've got Webtoon on my iPad, I'm probably going to check it out. Hmm. Yeah, because it sounds like it sounds like a fun, lighter kind of Batman story, which is kind of the opposite of what I do. Yeah, you do, do dark and very gritty. dark and gritty Batman falling from space. It's who I am, you know. <laughs> it's true. I was actually yeah. more curious. You about are it dark and gritty. Of- <laughs> Because of the what you were talking about for storytelling, to see how those characters would map mm. onto a sort of a vertical scroll mm. storytelling that, rather than on the page. Because I do think that they were thinking about both at the same time for that particular yeah. series, knowing that there would eventually be, like, there would definitely be a, a North American printed version. Yeah. I mean, I've had instances in the past where I've been commissioned by DC and Marvel to do quote unquote digital first books. Mm. And like, they're basically asking me to split the page in half uh, horizontally. So like all the panels have to be up above all the panels below have to work together because that's how they're going to present it digitally as like half pages. And then they'll collect it again later. I don't know. Marvel also has they 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 do on their unlimited app. They've commissioned a bunch of like, I don't know if they're called Marvel infinite or whatever, but it's their, their vertical scroll friend of ours and, friend of the podcast, Jason Lowe, who I work with on Afterlift and All Nighter. He's doing a lot of those for Marvel right now. 
Oh, but geez. but I haven't I haven't I haven't looked at them closely to see if you can see the seams, like uh, where Marvel's just like, okay, yeah, this is where we turn this into a page, or if they're just letting <laughs> them go wild to see, yeah. I've read a couple, and sometimes you can see. There's a lot of stories that are like someone falling from here to there, you know? Yeah, yeah. The the vertical. Yeah, yeah. There's the Wolverine one from the space station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But mostly, I think they do a good job of kind of making them unique in a way that making them different from like the mainline print comics. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Yeah. But none of them have been as strong as this, I think. Like, there, there's a lot of in- inventiveness happening here. Mm-hmm. Is there? So here's my oh. take because no jump one's in, asked me. Jump in, Chris. And that's my favorite time to give a take. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is bad. I think this is a bad comic that is super compelling. Uh, it's like, sorry, I think it's a bad story that is really good comics. Is what I actually think hmm. about this one. This very much reads to me like a web comic or again amateur comic from someone who's never read anything except for the type of thing that they're making. Like this is a webcomic by someone who's only ever read webcomics before and maybe seen some anime. And there's no like life drawing. <laughs> For example, there's no actual drawing underneath a lot of the drawings. It's fascinating because it's bad, but it's compelling. Like it's someone who's figured out the formula of what makes a webtoon work by making you want to keep flicking through and flicking through and flicking through and having all of these character beats, except until chapter seven. Where you get where the nerd character finally fights back. None of the characters seem to have any kind of interiority. They're all just a collection of cliches, like the dark haired boy going, Is anything really worth it? It's like, oh my <laughs> God, I've seen that anime before. I am 45. <laughs> like, and the like, you know, light haired psycho, like Bakugo much. Like, it's all just, it's all very, very been done in with like individual mm. characters and in other series smushed together here with someone who has internalized deeply internalized how web comics work how webtoons work the vertical scroll so it's really polished and it's really cracky for lack of a better term that dev has used like it's just something that like you just want to see what happens next you just want to see what happens next but i don't think there's at least in the first 9 chapters and i did the same thing i read the 7 free ones i used my token waited a day read the next one there's nothing there for me like there's just not like it's just so i just read the let's listen to the baki episode that we did and i found the same hmm. thing like it felt very hollow but baki had got 140 something volumes like and there were other things there and this is just like it's a collection of other things. And I think that there's a high degree of craft and skill, but there's no heart whatsoever. And the characters are kind of hollow and reprehensible. All of them. Even all of them. Even all the, of them. All of them. Like when the, uh, the the nerd is the nerd gets a pass, but he's also like I think it's weird to start giving someone some character development like at the very end of the first book and then cutting it off you know what i mean like maybe we've just been conditioned by manga maybe we need like everyone's motivation in the first exercised chapter but it yeah i i i get why this is so compelling but i think that as soon as you read more webtoons you're going to be like oh that was good at being a webtoon but like i get what the what other things can go on and can happen with this medium i think it is 
reverse Yotsuba volume one, for lack of a better term. <laughs> I will say, though, that this, I think this is an example, again, of a first volume not giving you enough of a hook to see what really makes it special. Mm. It's because this setup, the way that they've set up the characters and the story here, you think you know what's going to happen next. I can assure you it does not go the way you, you think it's going to go. Yeah, and that was how you sold it. And I totally get it. Like, watching that psycho get his comeuppance in Chapter 8 was lovely. It was very satisfying. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is good. I'm glad he's getting it. And it's like, I don't know anything about him. I literally don't know anything about him. He's just like an asshole who gets mm -hmm. his comeuppance. What, like... It's just, it feels good in the moment. You know that he's cruel. You know that he kind of like, he learned. But why? He learned that doing, you learn that doing this gives him like a, a charge and gives him like this feeling of power. Like they actually do. Sure. The mountaintop thing at the here. end of chapter nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But that's, that's your second, yeah. that's your second pay but or time gated chapter. Yeah. In a very long, in a very long thing. Yeah. And it hooks you, it hooks you long enough to get you to that point. No, like, I love the fact, I love the fact that the nerd character, like, you don't actually really get into him until towards the end of this. Like, it doesn't play out like, like I normally would expect something like this to, where you kind of like lay, lay all these seeds and like slowly kind of build him up. It's just like, oh yeah, this guy, like, I've just kind of like, I've kind of had him off to the side. I didn't even think of him as like, somebody that was going to step up until all that kind of happens. I thought he was going to die for a while, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also it was like, and like, I don't know. There was something about. Yeah, this well, that's the end. That's the end. The end is like, I'm going to pay the tokens to read chapter 10. Like the, the, the heart of this is just the, is the candy. It's just like the, like it, they're really good at making you want to know what happens in the next chapter. And then they hit you with like the, Oh, okay. There's actually backstory here, like later on, and like eventually they're going to do the training that 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 David requires out of these stories. Like, yeah, I don't know. They I, I'm they better. Yeah, I, I quite but like this it. scene, right? Where like this is him before he became an arrogant asshole, right? Mm. This is the scene where he he discovers first discovers how this is Bixan, like Baksan. I don't know how to pronounce Korean. I'm sorry. <laughs> discovers that he's actually very strong. At first, he's, you know, amazed and awed by that, but you can tell, and it shows his progression as, and then he gets more, more and more arrogant and he starts abusing his power. And then immediately after that, he gets his comeuppance, right? But here's the, here's the spoiler about it. That's the last you're going to see of this character for quite a while. Yeah. Well, he's in the <laughs> hospital at the end. Does he come back as a good guy? He's gone. He's gone for like maybe 60 or 70 chapters. That rules. I love that. Mm. <laughs> I the scene you just showed us where he kind of realizes what power is and like the the draw of being feared. I liked what they were doing with the colors in that bit. The kind of fading from red to blue, bluish pink. It reminds me a lot of Meredith McLaren, who does a lot of image books. I think she has a new mm. one called um Black Cloak. Mm. Um, she's a very oh, yeah, similar yeah. palette. Yeah. And it's really, I don't know, it's pleasant. Like it's nice to look at. And I think it's actually significantly better than the stuff in the front of the book, mm. which is a little more direct and less like emotional. <laughs> like it's There's realistic coloring color versus story. impressionistic. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like the, I like the coloring. I like the limited palette. That helps a lot. It did have, there was a bit of a vibe of, 
I'm sure Chris will agree here, a, a bit of a vibe of like early 2000s webcomic coloring. Oh, yeah. And and especially in the the method of it, like you can tell they're just like they got a multiply layer over like the, the loose kind of like pencil drawings and just just throwing the color behind and calling it a day. It took me a while to get past that part, but it's a lot more obvious in the first couple of chapters and it is later when they kind of let things kind of be a bit airier i think yeah 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 I, yeah the, the, the payoffs are the payoffs in this are really fun like i just when the guy wakes up in the hospital i was just like oh that's so great <laughs> like, <laughs> because like like this is where the vertical kind of really works in terms of the reveals because like mm-hmm. i just love like i'm just holding it up but like him mm-hmm. missing and the look in his eyes, it's just like slow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really beautiful. And then just like, I love the top down of the punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, you're, you're in his kind of internal world. And then you've got this like really, like he's in the guy's eye and you don't yes. kind of realize it till you move down. Then just that simple pullback. Oh, that is pretty good. Yeah, that all of this, and then and then boom, you're in you're in the hospital. Like I I almost cheered at that point. I'm like, oh, that's really good. I yeah. think Deb had one too, where they turned the vertical splashes horizontal for the print edition. Yeah, that's really oh, interesting. Yeah, see, I mean, the the hor- vertical's way better on that. And I will say yeah, that that yeah. sequence at the very end of the book, very last chapter, where he's sitting on the mountain. And then he gets beat, and you pull back from the mountain to realize that the other guy is not just sitting on a bigger mountain but is bigger than the entire landscape as like a visual yeah, yeah. metaphor yeah that's actually really good storytelling like i actually think that yeah. that's, that's quite quite good it was probably the best sequence in the whole book in terms of inventiveness and like thoughtfulness and showing some characters interiority it's too bad it came in the last chapter but it did page turn you right to the end of that book and it just yeah it feels it- hmm Maybe it felt manipulative. And they built up to Maybe it in the first chapter, you know? It, it, sorry. I, this is oh, like a yeah. Webtoons thing. Oh, sorry. They did put up that in the first chapter. That's true. I don't know. It's really struck me, man. It's good. That concept shows up in Vagabond as well. When Takazo realizes like there's no such thing as invincible under the sun. There's always another mountain to climb. Sure, yeah. And I think it also has to do with Sun Wukong and Journey to the West. There's a point where like he, he doesn't realize he's standing in the palm of someone much, much larger than him. yeah. Jin yeah. Yang has a take on that in American Born Chinese which, mm-hmm. as well. Like you're standing in the palm, the five fingers, the five pillars of heaven are actually someone's palm. There's always someone bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that especially is a vital idea for sports comics to have. Mm. Like the thought that like you might be good, you might be excellent, but someone else plays differently and possibly in a way that like directly counters what you're good at. Mm. Mm-hmm. And for one-on-one like boxing, especially, I think that's kind of kind of interesting. This one threw me off. Like when he yeah, yeah, same here, space, yeah. yeah. And then he just punched a hole in the in the space. Yeah. And see, I instantly got that because I see that affect a lot of the various violent comics. Okay, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it actually made me think, like, Deb, you've read a lot of manga at this point. Does this series seem familiar or derivative to you in any way? Or is it pretty fresh? Mm-hmm. I'll say in like webtoon, there's a whole subgenre of webtoon. Uh, you know, the ones that aren't about romance and being reborn as a villainess and blah 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 blah. There's a whole subgenre of webtoon that's all about extreme violence and getting back at bullies. And most of them are really 
super detailed and super visceral in its in their violence and blood and mm-hmm. guts and you know the punching that happens. This one I thought was elegant in that they used very simple lines to tell a story that was kind of almost like animation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like there's a certain elasticity yeah. to what's happening in the action. Like, and the this idea of using, you know, the these the red and blue streaks and these red and blue color schemes. Like, Ryu is blue, right? And then the coach is red. And then Inje is green, right? So, mm-hmm. like, for example, the first boxer, right, in the intro scene where there's a guy who, who we're, we're assuming talking to a younger Yu is yellow and his eyes are yellow and that was like a visual cue so you could go oh that's not nj's dad <laughs> they look similar i did think about that like as the series went on <laughs> yeah. yeah nj's dad has green eyes so you go oh, okay so that gave me a little clue that uh that's this is not nj's dad in the beginning mm. like some of the characters do look similar I think he puts a certain amount of care into making the characters look distinct. But I think the color story helps you follow this, what's happening. Like when there's the punching that happens and you see that streak of red and blue, you can tell who's throwing a punch, right? Hmm. Who's getting hit. I thought it was a really interesting color story that was happening. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's something that I found fascinating because you don't, you know, manga is black and white. So you don't get to play with it like that? Mm-hmm. I'm reading a manga right now that has color-coded characters, and it's driving oh, really? me nuts. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, oh really? like, red and blue are here, and it's just like the same gray tone, like one slit. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and they call each other like red and blue? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's like a Power Rangers thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I think, was it, is it Yotsubo? Yo We've had a few where people are like, oh, it's the girl with the blue hair. And I'm like, oh, why yeah. would you even do that in the black and white? <laughs> there were yeah. bits and pieces of this that felt familiar, like maybe mm. from other delinquent manga or, you know, violence manga. There was one punch, the one that the coach throws at oh, at the, you. you, page 58 and 59. Mm-hmm. This one, which reminded me of a punch that's in One Piece when Luffy mm. fights a guy named Wapple. And it's like there's one panel that sets up the punch, and then there's like a four chapter flashback, and then they finish the punch, to, like mm-hmm. justify the violence. It's one of my favorite bits. It really leapt out at me as I was flipping through. So there are bits and pieces that feel like other comics or other, even boxing manga. Like there's an Epo joke at one point. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a cross counter gag at another point. Yeah, like I feel like it hits a lot of buttons, but it's not quite there for me yet. But in a way where I'm like, oh, like I totally see why Dev spent $80,000 on this. <laughs> <laughs> just so, I mean, I will calculate how much I spent on this one just out of curiosity. <laughs> so, so knowing that it changes down the line, that it becomes a more not explainery, but like actual training kind of takes place. Are you interested in reading it further, David? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would hope that it's in like volume two when it starts changing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that the, the way it sets the characters, it sets up the kind of 
positions it puts them in. And the one guy being like, is hitting people fun is like a, it's a cool entryway for like a boxer. You know, yeah. it makes me wonder like how it's going to go for him. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Like it kind of has to become a book with training involved because this whole volume is just about like the, they're like, again, their supernatural abilities. Yeah. You know, you hint at the training that like the nerd got from his dad, but yeah, you would, you would need, you would need that extra bit to kind of, to level everyone up from chapter mm-hmm. to chapter as they face kind of bigger and bigger obstacles and just yeah. like Tyson's punch out comic or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, page 177, he throws his first one too. And it like mm. immediately like knocks out an expert boxer, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's ludicrous. <laughs> but the coach's grin on the next page is so good. <laughs> this is this is very much maybe maybe I'm I'm digging it because it just it feels like yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it feel it feels like you know real classic superhero comics like when you get your powers oh, you don't totally. train <laughs> you get your powers you just go and you do the thing it's not like oh I better. I better practice my web swinging again, you know, 10 hours a day before I get really good at it. Like, no, you're just instantly good. And it's all about like, yeah, the grand fights and like digging deep within to like use those abilities. But that's like something I love about (laughs) Spider-Verse, for example, where you actually get training Mm. montages and sequences and it builds the character because it allows for character interaction moments like between Miles and, and mm. Peter or other Peter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you get that like back and forth. You get to see the, the hero failing and it's it's good. Like that kind of thing is actually. Well, I'm not saying great. it's not good. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I prefer one over the other. It just is why I vibed with this, I think. Mm. Because for the mm. most part, that's not the case in the comics. Yeah. Mm. Even I don't know, even like the first Spider Man with Toby Maguire, like there was like a five minute thing of him just like, oh, I'm gonna shoot a web and I'm gonna swing into a building and then like two minutes later he's fine he's he's spider-man now Mm. there was a montage it was okay (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. exactly yeah you get your montage and you checked off that box no montage no sale that's how i feel about (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's something about a getting a formula that delivers and makes you feel good and it it, you know you you go for it because it hits those beats a Mm. lot of romance comics on webtoons you do it because it hits, it scratches that itch. But I think yeah. out of all the books I've read on Webtoon, this one shook me a lot because how the characters build, how the story unfolds, the way that it goes from very funny to very serious and dark, the way that the, the character evolves over a long period of time happens mm-hmm. in a way that was so unexpected for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really smart character building and storytelling so that when you do get to the end, you're like, that was awesome. That feels so good. That was so hard fought to get to here. And even when you get to the side stories, you go like, yeah, I want to know what happened to that character, that side character. Oh, I I want them to be happy. Is it over? Mm -hmm. It's complete. Okay. How many chapters total? Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just looking, and it's episode 123 is the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a solid run, about ten volumes, maybe. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, if you read it, it's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from I was going to say, from episode 105 all the way to 123, they're all labeled spinoffs. Spinoff number one, spinoff number two. <laughs> so I'm like, 
Well, maybe epilogues yeah. or something like that for single characters. Yeah. Yeah, they're like side stories, like what happened to that character afterwards. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure I'll read it all. Mm. Because I think, you know, I, you know it, I mean, Chris is right. There's there's flaws there. It's not necessarily, it's not, it's not good in a lot of ways. But I think it's actually great in terms of like, making you want more which is a hard thing to do if everyone was able to do that then like <laughs> everyone would be a very successful comic artist or storyteller though i mean the webtoons model is interesting because i'm just like i want to pay a sum of money to read all of it i don't want to buy a bunch of tokens and like do the math and is this enough tokens for me to read all of this like <laughs> this is my old man brain <laughs> we already solved books <laughs> like, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm not so old that I demand it be in a physical book format. I'll I'll do the vertical <laughs> reading. Do you guys not but, yeah. play games with fake currency? Like yeah, I mean, Go? yeah, like, no. like like Pokemon yeah. Go. Like you don't you pay money into the ecosystem and then you pay with the fake coins, so it doesn't feel like you're spending real money. I think the idea here is that once you're hooked on webtoons, you just drop a twenty in and don't think about it, and then you're just dropping twenty yeah. whenever you need more tokens. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I that's what I don't like. Yeah, well, that's why this story is designed the way it is. It's very, oh, very I know. compelling. <laughs> and you get character yeah, development yeah. in chapter fifty. You have to keep yeah. reading to get to the meat of the story because they want to charge you. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I can't, maybe I can't divorce the model from the story. And I think reading it and I don't mm. think that reading it as a book, as like a nine chapter book, did it a lot of favors either. That's the thing. Although it's way better. I got to be honest. It's way better as a first volume than solo leveling is. And solo leveling is 10 times mm-hmm. as popular as this. this is, that's the, like the biggest Korean webtoon. They just announced the anime okay. like, this week. It's coming in, in, in next winter. And if you read that first book, it's like the guy not only wasn't thinking about print, I don't think he was thinking about the story. Like it's very, very... <laughs> Like it's there's one pan there's like one page that's got two floating panels on it kind of stuff and then you go into one page that's got like two an, again floating panels and it's just because none of the panels he drew as a webtoon could fit on a page like real <laughs> real like I don't think that this is going to be huge down the road kind of vibes mm. anyway by the by the, like the fourth volume it looks like it's like professionally illustrated anime like it's on the page like it's the 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 glow up mm-hmm. is insane. And this, yeah. you get some of that glow up from first chapter to the ninth chapter for sure. Storytelling gets better, color gets better, even the way that the characters are drawn gets better. But yeah, I can't shake the fact that it is designed first to be compelling, and then you're slotting the story around the conventions of the medium, which feels bad to me as someone who doesn't love this medium, loves comic, like loves print comics with like the page and the whatever. Mm-hmm. So I find it fascinating because i was a i'm such a big webcomic guy from all the way back from like the early 2000s webcomic stuff like some of my favorite comics makers are still webcomics people but they tend to be people that have transcended we're doing like transcended the three panel strip format you know what i mean like where everything was penny arcade for a while and then people are like oh Mm -hmm. i can do something that doesn't look like penny arcade if i want to and then it turns into something really exciting and interesting and good and I feel like this is like, no, no, I have figured out the formula for this, like, buy a chapter and that's how I get paid a pittance kind of a, a situation that's going on. But it doesn't, but the content there isn't as compelling to me. Like, if I had to I, yeah. recommend a manga that I think, or manhwa on, on a webtoon, which is in a different platform, of course, you got to install this app too. Oh, no. Tappy Tune has one called, 
the name is dumb, but it's called What Does the Fox Say? <laughs> but it's a lesbian oh. erotic thriller <laughs> that is like deeply mm-hmm. disturbing. And it's like, it's compelling and exactly this, like Skinamax. Yeah, or? like like Skinamax, <laughs> like like hard 1980s. And it's Korean. So it you'd think it's not going to go that far. And then all of a sudden it super does. And it's great. Like it is like women in high powered like finance positions being like super awful to each other with like weird sexual dynamics. Super compelling stuff. And that uses the medium in, in a way that like it uses the medium exactly the same way. It's like I have to find out what happens next chapter and buy three hundred dollar dues or whatever the stupid currency on that platform is the idea of vertical scrolling with erotic content intrigues me because it's the modern version of those pens <laughs> in which when you turn the pen upside down the, the the clothes are to disappear on the figures it's like that you just scroll and reveal oh i saw some boobs oh i saw some some, some genitals it's like dial up back in the day where like the image would load from the top and then yeah yeah it's exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm just not buying into the idea that this creator had that kind of foresight. Like, oh, I'm just gonna like, I'm not gonna do character stuff until chapter fifty, and I'm gonna like hook people at the end of every one of these. Like, because the beginning is so I don't want to say amateurish, but it's like very much someone just like. Just kind of going for it. Why don't you want to say amateurish? Well, because I mean, they're 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 a professional, like, like like, I don't know. They're 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 putting in the work and they're getting paid. Like they're technically a professional. Mm. But 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 the beginning is just like it's poorly drawn. Mm. Like it it re- it really genuinely is, and it it doesn't feel like the doesn't like feel like a a person at a level where they're making those kind of like real tactical decisions. Like this feels very much like a gut level comic. Maybe there was some kind of planning, like maybe they knew they would reveal this about this character at this point, but yeah, yeah. Maybe they're just like, you know, I think you said at the beginning, like this is a web comic made by someone who just reads web comics. And so just like, there's an intrinsic, just like, Oh, this is how you do it. This is me just doing it on my instinct. And it's coming out as a real hook like with the end of every chapter yeah i don't know regardless i quite enjoyed it yeah the i can't remember the phrasing you use christopher but something about like doing things for the format or for the genre Mm. struck me because i think that you know kind of the format is the story in a certain way like superhero stories are told in a certain way because of the format they're sold in Mm-hmm. And I think this is the same thing, but I think it's sort of like value neutral for me. Mm-hmm. But it did make me go back and look at Hajime no Ippo Volume One and Ashita mm-hmm. no Joe Volume One, which Deb mentioned earlier as being you know stuff that we generally like on the podcast. And it struck like I was really surprised by how quickly those series get to the point. Yeah, like mm-hmm. by the end of Ippo Chapter One, like he's in the gym, he kind of knows what he might be good at, and everyone's like, "Oh, like you got potential. Like we're going to see where this is going to go." And he's sort of like on his journey. While with this one, you kind of chapter one is almost more of like chapter one of nine for you know the first bit of the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the first eight chapters of this are one shonen jump introductory chapter. Yeah. Yeah. That's fir- a great And way then to the ninth it. chapter yeah. is like a side story you get that's like four pages in the in the manga. 
and they tapped they tacked it's the omake at the end where you find out that the guy wakes up in the hospital or a side story or yeah, that's yeah. the one that they do you know a little bit down the road like if it's on if it's online does it change your opinion of it slightly if you just view those as one chapter if you view the first nine chapters of this as one chapter it's 200 pages dude like <laughs> yeah but it's not but it's not even like like this was like yeah. the quickest read that we've done on longest planning probably I don't know I got through Baki ever. a lot quicker than this <laughs> <laughs> That's why you miss all the subtext <laughs> Yeah yeah that's it I missed all the Yeah 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 <laughs> non toxic hypermasculinity I'm going to put that yeah. in a banner on the top of the website <laughs> But Deb, what was your take? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess that, like, yeah. for example, like, I firstly find French BD hard to read because it's so compressed, mm. like so mm-hmm. much, so many panels per page and so much happening at each tiny panel. And then American comics get a little bit easier. There's fewer panels than BD and less dense, but it's still hard for me to read. Mm-hmm. Manga seems to have more room to breathe, like fewer, mm-hmm. like five panels max generally. This one takes it to an older extreme where it's like maybe three panels, you know, sometimes just one panel. So it's like, it's much more spacious in some ways. Oh yeah. It, it unfolds at a very luxurious pace because it's like, you know, it's just scrolling. Right. And like, they're not thinking Mm -hmm. about, I have to do 30 page, 20 pages. They're just scrolling, 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 scrolling. And so like, I was so surprised to get the book and realize, wait, this book only goes up to this part, <laughs> you know, where's the <laughs> like, other hundred chapters. Yeah. Where it's like, no, I expected it to at least get to the point where it starts to sink into you. Like, this is not the comic. I thought this was. Mm. Yeah. This is subverting everything. I thought a boxing story was. Gonna be. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I just use my coins to unlock <laughs> chapter 10. <laughs> while we were talking. <laughs> And the opening's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's just the coach. Yeah. Well, it's just the coach standing there angry while these two like nobodies are just talking about how he's been standing there for days now. And they're like showing their moves in front of the coach and like hoping the coach will like pay attention to them. And he just goes, I'm not interested in small fry, get lost. And the next panel is them walking away, hugging each other <laughs> like they've had their hearts broken. And as you scroll up, he got his eyes, and he's just he's like I want him. I want him. <laughs> it's like, wow. it's so good. It's funny. There's a <laughs> drama. It's, yeah. I think that's a great <laughs> example of what makes Webtoons a success. Like, it's uh. instant gratification. Like, with the coins yeah. and all that stuff, it's not really in my bag. But the stories feel satisfying despite being so airy. Mm. And I yeah. think a lot of it's like the aesthetic. Like, you'll get one or two cool moments per, you know, per chapter. Yeah. I recently reread or read for the first time. The Saga of the Swamp Thing, like Alan Moore, John Totalbin, Rick Veitch, and a bunch of other people stuff. And it takes forever to read one issue of that. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Not quite as long <laughs> yeah. as Watchmen, but like, it yeah, takes yeah. a while. Yeah, that's and a this dense. Book, I probably read like maybe two issues of Swamp Thing amount of time. You know, yeah. it, it flew by. And that kind of pacing, that kind of feel, like you don't really get that. Like, I love superhero comics. But there are very few like Cape comics I read where I'm like, wow, that was a breeze. You know, because it's kind of not the yeah. point, not the draw of the genre. Not well, twenty-two pages for five dollars instead of thirty coins. Oh, twenty pages. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry, right. Twenty pages <laughs> coins, for, for coins. five bucks and, instead of yeah, twenty-two at DC. Twenty-two. Mm. Sometimes there's backup features. Yeah, it's it's you can't do that. And manga, I feel like it's a slider 
how much story is there. And, you know, Mayday mm-hmm. is all the way at one end. Like, it's so dense that you're, yeah, you're paying like 20 bucks for a hardcover album, but it's going to take you three days to read 20, those like 80,000 words. Yeah, in it's it. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at the other end is, 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 is webtoons, but it's something that you, you're supposed to read, not even on your iPad, but on your phone. Like it was interesting know, yeah. looking at those pages on your iPad. I'm going to look at it on my iPad later uh, because you didn't get the full image because they know exactly how big a, a screen, like how long, how many pixels high a screen is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those panels are are for that. And I think that that's fascinating. And it's like, it's something you're supposed to look at at your phone. And I don't think you're supposed to be, there's a really good article and I'll throw it in the show notes. You guys know the show Emily in Paris? I've never watched it because I don't watch television. And I say that as derisively <laughs> as I possibly yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> no, I just don't, I'm just not watching a lot of a lot of scripted anything. I read a really good article about it, and it was about how Emily in Paris was the first TV show that you're supposed to watch while you're sitting on the couch distracted playing with your phone. Like if yeah. you pay too much <laughs> attention to it, there's not enough there. It's just really you're just supposed to like like something funny or or shocking or like interesting is supposed to just happen like at like random spikes to keep you like oh what oh okay and the rest of the time it's almost like beautiful scenery of some like you know white girl walking like around Paris like a, like an interactive <laughs> yeah. screensaver because you're looking at your phone yeah yeah this is the thing you're looking at at your phone this is supposed to have half of your attention you're supposed to like flick through and not really be like hyper invested in it while something else is on in the background is how I feel about this particular type of webtoon. And I don't think that that's bad. I think that it is a different medium than manga. And it's a different medium than webcomics for sure, because you can see people who are just taking comics and putting them on this, and actually people who really understand how this medium works. And I, JH understands this medium, in my opinion, from the nine mm-hmm. chapters I've read. Like they know how to wring every little bit out of this very cool new thing but it's not what i want necessarily and if you do end up paying hyper attention to it like deb does you could go deep instantly right like it's even better than the shonen jump app in some ways because if you get to the end of it at the end of every chapter there's links to three other stories that you might like that are kind of similar as well the discoverability on webtoon even though it's one of the challenges is huge it's like Oh, you got to the end of the boxer here, click this and you can read the next seven ch- chapters of a book for free. Like Shonen Jump wishes they could do that on their digital. Like they're like, they, they don't have that adherence in the same way. So it's wild to me. It gets what like, this is, this is a different medium than manga. This is a different medium than web comics, a different medium than American comics. That's for sure. And I think the ways in which it is successful are not ways generally in which I am interested in comics. Is is maybe the my actual thesis on this episode? Please delete everything else I've said. It's funny. Uh, this may surprise you, but I feel exactly the opposite to you. <laughs> uh, this is like this is like anti-distraction comics. This is the comic that's designed for somebody who maybe does get distracted quite easily, and it gives them something to really focus on. Because a lot of the manga that we read, I'll, I'll read a bit at a time, take a break check something out, check my email. Like I get, I get far more distracted reading stuff that isn't like this. Cause mm. this is very much I'm in it. Like I really need to see what's happening next. Like this is not a thing that I'm doing while I'm also paying attention to anything else. This may be like one of the most focus heavy 
books we've read. It may have been different if I read it in print, though, because I think that's one of the things here. Like, I am obviously a novice to this. I've only read a few kind of scrolling comics, mm-hmm. but the the act of reveal with this is what mm-hmm. really keeps me interested. Like, even just now, showing you that the gag of the the guys like walking away crying or whatever, and then his, the coach's eyes, and then the dialogue, like those are all revealed. Boom, boom, boom. Whereas with manga or North American comics, or whatever, you know, you open the page and like, okay, you kind of you take it all in. You can't help but take it all in. And we've said before that you know, page turns are your only real reveals. But on this, it's like every step is a reveal. Like I found myself just really focused on this because of that fact. Mm. And the fact that they're so good at parlaying that ability to reveal by doing cool things like, you know, that giant eye as you kind of go along and then the reveal of what it is and then the reveal of the hospital or even the last image of him like as a kid crying. It's like it's like micro micro reveals, yeah. micro page turns or something. It's interesting. Hmm. Sure. I think he's right. The like a lot of the reason why I read violence comics are the action scenes and like seeing like the panel to panel flow is really thrilling. Mm-hmm. And I've seen with other webtoons and from a quick flip through with this one as well. Like I definitely get the vibe that Chip is talking about. Like there's a moment where it's like, oh, like how did they pull this off? How did they trick me in this way? Yeah. And I think for Dead to have read 120 something chapters, <laughs> hopefully there's some good reveals in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, again, that could be just my newness to all of this too. Maybe after reading like five of these series, I'll just be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, Chris is right. Like uh, I'm not, I'm not paying full yeah. attention to this anymore, but as a novice, I'm just like, I'm, I'm totally pulled into it. It's like how the first time you read the focus totality of my psychic powers, you're like, Oh, what is that? That sounds really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like The 20th time you're like, all right, Psylocke, like wrap it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> good interesting little foray into something a little different let's Mm -hmm. maybe go around the table and close off start with david yeah so this is i do like it more than at the beginning of the conversation as it's the manga explaining way yeah yeah (laughs) it's still not quite my bag but i like what deb is saying about where it's going and like my personal taste in sports comic tends to run more towards slam dunk ashton joe hajime no ipo type stuff where it's like very grounded, very real. Kuroko's basketball is like the anti-slam dunk to me, mm. where it's all like magic and... and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is in like the Kuroko's basketball like realm of sports comics, where there's like a few fundamentals in there, but like one guy is just like magically evasive all the time. <laughs> but it's fun. And I'm, I don't think I would have picked it up on my own, so I'm glad Deb brought it to the podcast. Yeah. That's good. How about you, Chip? Well, Chris turned me around on this. I hate it. Mm. Oh, no! Good, good. <laughs> good, good. I feel your hate. Be one with your hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I quite like it, obviously, as I, you know, spent my free tokens or whatever for Chapter 10. Yeah, this is one of the, one of the books that I'm going to continue on. Sounds good. Chris? Yeah, I... Hmm. It's interesting... I think the thing you've turned me around on is that is actually I was kind of down on the whole 
format maybe because the idea of that like gamification of reading hit me in a bad way when I was reading this and I, I really felt it at the end of every chapter. I don't know if I did a good job of explaining that. Yeah, it can be insanely compelling. And I think the, those two things are, are linked. So can't, you know, be like complimentary of it for being compelling by then shitting on its format for being compelling. So yeah, you turn me around on that. I'll, I'll give Hate you that. the game, not the player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see this. And I'm, I, as much as I think that it is designed webtoons and the vertical scroll, I do think that the pages that you were showing us of how it's been translated, the page work better than almost any webtoon I've seen up to this point in print. I'm going to have to obviously give the new round of stuff from Ise Press a, a closer look. But yeah, it actually, I think... I don't, especially because you get nine chapters at once and you're going to want to read to the end of the book. I do think that that slice of comics is probably a better way to read it than one chapter at a time for the average reader, for the especially for the uninitiated, which is ostensibly who this podcast is for. So yeah, I don't know. But then Chip read it in a chapter at a time and was hooked and needed to go to the next one. But I still submit that he probably had the TV on in the background. No. <laughs> sure, Chip. Total darkness. Pet Total darkness cat. on my iPad. Talking to a Jessica. <laughs> he was reading in the day. <laughs> no, I told the cat to get out. I told Jessica to get out. This I is need, my alone time. I need my boxer time. Especially my after boxer time. <laughs> your, your, your final thoughts? Your, what's your last yeah. sales pitch for people who are thinking about maybe Manwa breaking the seal, so to speak? I mean, I will say that like, if you've spent all your time, I think this is kind of like people who read American comics kind of go through this period of slight discomfort reading manga because the visual conventions, the story conventions, the way the, the pages, the flow, the characters can feel uncomfortable at first. And I think the same thing happens with webtoons. Like the first time I started reading Korean comics, I was like, I don't know if this art's not doing it for me or I'm not sure about this flow. But then... You know, I think it's kind of like you get used to it or you start kind of like some I think are are more comfortable for me to get into as a primarily manga reader, just as some like some manga is comfortable for American readers to read like like Vinland Saga or Witch Hat Atelier because the art craft is so good. Right. The storytelling and the visual mm -hmm. craft there. But, you know, like, say, Pop Team Epic is a little hard to get into, or um, my lesbian my lesbian experience with loneliness is hard to get into, because it's it requires that you have spent some time in the world of manga, it's manga storytelling. And I think that's what's happening with The Boxer a little bit, because by the time I read The Boxer, I had already been reading a lot of Webtoon. Mm. So, but also, too, I appreciate the, the elegance of what it does and the storytelling, because... I've read a lot of manga, and as I've been reading, as I read this story, I was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Or like, oh, is that how that character turns out? And oh, this relationship that was building up, I didn't think it was going to go that way. So it had enough surprises and interesting twists and, and also kind of very obvious nods to the manga influences it has, like Hajime no Ippo and Ashita no Joe. Like a lot of webtoons have manga, definitely manga backbeats that you can recognize. So I think I like the boxer best out of all of the violence fighting webtoons I've read so far. 
But, you know, I think, David, you might enjoy Viral Hit. You might want to check that one out. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to ask you for a list of your bloodiest webtoons after the podcast. Uh, you, you'll like Viral Hit. Viral Hit's about a, like a guy who's bullied, and then he finds this, web, this YouTube channel where this guy with a chicken mask is giving him how to fight. And it goes step by step. <laughs> it goes into like Taekwondo, goes into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and uh Guy in the chicken mess apparently teaches this weak guy all these different fighting techniques. And it's apparently got consultation from real martial artists. So it has that learning in there that you like, but also that kind of senseless violence and revenge that's very satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) The first episode says, this episode contains strong language that may be upsetting for some readers. So I'm in. <laughs> Crank it up and see what you think. The David signal in the sky. Yeah. Warning. <laughs> this contains. <laughs> then, then David shoves open the door and goes, Here's my coins. Let's go, bitch. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> coins. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Anyway. All right. That was a very interesting foray to a slightly off our usual path of manga explaining. So. Let's take a break and we'll come back with, I don't know, maybe something more along the lines of what we usually do. Be back. All right, and we are back. And it's time for our everyone's favorite segment, or at least mine, shout outs. Let's see if anyone, well, please, Chip, I hope you, you had some time for fun. Did you have anything you'd like to shout out? I did. I read a book. Our commenters are going to be Woo! so happy. They're all like, poor Chip, one day he'll get to have fun again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kept it very much consuming work in the friend group. I read Morgan Murray's novel, Dirty Birds. And okay. for anyone who doesn't know, Morgan Murray is Kate Beaton's husband. Hmm. And mm. yeah, he wrote this novel a couple of years ago, and I've been meaning to get around to it, and I, I got into it, and it seemed like my bag because it's a kind of a coming-of-age story of a young man traveling from the prairies to become a poet in Montreal. I ticked off all my Mordecai Richler boxes. <laughs> and it was good. It was, it was one of those books where, like, you know, it, it's, it's funny and it's charming, but then it takes a turn about halfway through. I don't want to spoil it fully, but Leonard Cohen becomes a character in the book, and it becomes very, very funny. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. A lot of talent in that household. How you Sickening. how you hate them? <laughs> how I hate them. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, David. How about you? I I mentioned Ashtonojo and Ibo earlier, so I might as well shout out Creed Three, the Ooh. third entry in Michael B. Jordan's remix and reboot of the Rocky series. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Like I like the series a lot. I watched one and two with my family when I went back home a while back and it was good. It was a very traditional kind of boxing story. Not very much like this at all. I don't think though it shares like a few elements like the delinquency and surprising violence. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the anime influence on Creed Mm. three. And so I basically had to see it super fast before anyone spoiled it for me to ask about, (laughs) Hey, did you hear about the blah, blah, blah and Creed? And I saw it and it was pretty good, but it was one of those references to a thing that was originally from something else, you know, like mm. a third or fourth degree reference, which was kind of funny. Mm. But it was nice seeing someone kind of like push storytelling in 
American sports movies in a way that we don't see too often, kind of more figurative or, you know, like impressionistic, expressionistic, one of those two, whichever means like least real. Impressionistic. And it works. <laughs> impressionistic. There we go. <laughs> but it works. It's it's not as good as the first two, I don't think, but it's like a worthy third part in the trilogy. All right. How about you, Chris? Anything interesting? I'm supposed to go see that with a buddy, but then I... I went to Japan instead of seeing Creed 3. So mm. sorry, but I will catch up at some point. We'll have a discussion. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, I saw a movie. It's funny. We were recording the podcast a couple days late because Deb was hit with very inclement weather. I'm glad you're safe and to have power again. I went to a, the movie premiere of Air last night. The Michael oh, Jordan wow. movie that is not about Michael Jordan is in fact about Air Jordans, oh. the shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Affleck wow. Damon situation. Last, I went to the Taiwanese premiere, did not take a selfie with the giant standee that was there. It's a real movie of a movie. Y'all see Moneyball? Saw Moneyball yeah, yeah. the first time Ages over the ago, Christmas yeah. break, where it's like, we've put together a movie about a real thing that happened, and we have connected every dot. There are no hanging threads. It is like a movie. It's like that. The Wow. It's a... It was, it was a really interesting piece of like, we put together a movie that is a movie. There wasn't a lot outside of that i think they made an interesting choice to keep <laughs> michael jordan a really mythical figure like you never see his he's not in the movie they don't have anyone playing him or do, giving his lines or whatever it's all about his mom and dad Wild choice. yeah it is yeah. like they and they talk about him as like a living myth and you kind of realize about i realized mm. maybe the fourth very punk pop song into the movie it's like Oh, this is not a movie about Michael Jordan. This is a movie about like all white people running Nike in Port Portland, Oregon in 1984. Because you couldn't yeah. pan around the Nike office, and it's just like, okay, here we go. It's a, f it's not the Michael Jordan biopic that came out recently. It is a very different movie about like Phil Knight and Sonny. Uh, I don't know his last name. The guy who who like, you know, did a lot of good stuff for sports, and it's about the idea of creator participation in the end. And that's like that kind of comes mm. out in like the last the last act where it's like, actually all of this stuff, you're talking about Michael Jordan, what made this so such a big deal was that he gets a percentage of every Air Jordan shoe sold. And that's the first time that ever happened. And it's about empowering mm. athletes to control their their own image and, and their own merchandise and things like that. And that's what makes this revolutionary. All this stuff before that was kind of a lead up and Nike's not really important. And all the stuff about empowering athletes and about being good to people and being good to people's families and how you can do that. Uh, it was it was fascinating. Yeah, I, it's a and it's a movie of a movie too. So if you want something that's kind of pretty, that's like tight, I would totally recommend that for. I had a lot of like ideological, like, I don't know, you kind of glossed over what it's like to be a black person in Oregon in 1984 a little bit more than I'm comfortable with because you need to keep <laughs> yeah. the people who are there for Ben Affleck and Matt Damon comfortable in the movie theater a little bit more than I was I wanted. And the music, I was like, wow, these are all bangers. Like, you're playing Violent Femmes. This is great. Who Who is this movie for then? Wait, wait a second. Like, who? Oh, it's oh, okay. Here we go. And I'm watching it in Taiwan, too. So that was like a whole other level it was a, a fascinating experience totally recommend it and uh, because i've already gone on too long i just want to do a quick shout out to my favorite webtoon which is my my giant nerd boyfriend by uh, fishball <laughs> it is a really cute uh, slice of life romantic comedy the equivalent of a daily comic strip but it's been expanded to web comics format so it's about 50 panels uh, instead of three totally love it it's always cute fishball's an amazing illustrator really gets like human movement down in a great way Check it out. Deb, what's your shout out? 
My pick is something completely different than what we just talked about, but it's still about Korean boys. <laughs> it's called Boys Planet. It is a reality show where I think 98 boys from half of them are from Korea, half of them are from Vietnam, Thailand, China, Canada, US, all competing to become the next hit K pop stars. And it has like this live voting aspect to it. And you follow them around their dorms and you follow their heartbreaks. And some of them can't sing and some of them can't dance. And it's absolutely painful. <laughs> but I'm so emotionally invested in this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. The, the I just realized now that the word boys has been ruined for me. Because when you said, and there's like 98 boys, like I just think boys love. I always think boys love now. So you're. You're salivating over like 98 boys competing. I'm like, what are they? Are they effing and essing each other? What's going on? But no, they're singing. It's they're they're actual boys. No, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of BL tension happening oh, okay. in this because they know who their audience is. <laughs> but you know, like I try to like I try to shake it off and kind of go like, oh, you know, you know, if I think too hard about it, a lot of these guys on this show could be my kid. Yeah, if I was very promiscuous mm. as a high schooler, right? So well, it's that, like mm. there's a reality show for that too. It's called Milf Manor, and I highly recommend. Oh, no. Cody Co has been watching no. episodes of Milf Manor and just cringing for a half an hour. It's totally on YouTube. Check it out, Chip. You should dig that one. I'm already feeling uji yeah. watching this. I'm like, I like this one. This one's really cute. It's like, ooh, stop it, stop it. You're an old it. lady. Stop at the, it. <laughs> at the mention of Milf Manor, Chip completely, his screen froze. It, it just overwhelmed his, his whole system. I even had him pause the uploading, too. Uh, right. Way to go. Right. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'll never mention Milf Manor again. <laughs> well, that was an interesting little batch of recommendations. But you never know what you're going to get on the Manga Splitty shoutouts. We have lots of more wonderful books to talk about this season, and so just stick around for more interesting and unexpected ventures into the world of manga. This has been Manga Splaining Episode 95. The Boxer, Volume 1 by J.H. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, Christopher and I will be chatting with comics creators, authors, and travelers, Abby Denson and Matt Lux. Want to pick up a copy of their books? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find a shop near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list and show notes at mangasplaining.com. And don't forget to check out our newsletter and publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment for this episode.